Yo, what up? It's Moon from Greek Fire, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Podcast, your host Jason Lowe and Chris. Yo, all right, so we're back into uh, good times. We were had a, we, we had a, a huge stretch. So I mean, we had me and Chris kind of like scheduling wise. We had some stuff that we we're coming up with, which we'll tell you about at the end of the show. So scheduling wise, we were trying to get an episode out sooner, but I think it just wound up working out better for us to actually do it today. So this weekend, last night, let's be honest, was like probably the greatest night of my. Uh, year i say greatest night my favorite night of the year because i had literally a two tv system which if you look saw on the social medias yeah uh, i had the two TV system going i had the blues game going mm-hmm. which the blues are pl- playing well which we'll talk about yep and also which i know some people don't like us talk about this but you know what guess what you don't have a microphone i mean if you've listened to the show long enough you know what's coming so, so wrestlemania now it's a whole weekend so like technically a week if you can do the two night thing uh, they just announced that they're going back to one night for next two years after this hopefully hoping obviously everything goes sure. back to normal but obviously the pandemic and stuff and they fans in and it was cool it was weird it was i had a fans. lot of anxiety when they did that first pan through and it's like you saw half people like, wearing masks and half people not wearing masks i was going to say at least there was people wearing masks but i mean Florida. social distancing was not, not happening yeah cuz they had so people ringside too which i didn't think it was be that close i was surprised uh, so it was nice to see so i had wrestlemania on one tv and i had the blues game on another so it was a fun night for me. Had a great day that day leading up to it, so I was ecstatic. So WrestleMania was pretty solid. Yeah, I, I didn't see a lot of it because I had a, a pretty full day, um, but I saw a couple of the matches last night, and it, it was good. It was good, which we'll, I'll briefly bring that up since we're already kind of getting to it before we get into our Blues stuff, so don't worry. Just hang in there. We'll get mm-hmm. to our Blues stuff. Um, but, yeah, I thought the first match, okay. McIntyre-Lashley, solid. The I women. Wish I, could get into, I wish I could get into uh, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. It, it seems like. I mean, it was pretty solid. But the thing is, like, TNA did that match like four years ago, right? For their big paper. Right. So it's like one of those things where I'm like, oh, I've seen this already. But um, the women's match was fine. The tag team gauntlet thing was cool. The Cesaro Rollins match thing was probably tied for best match of the night for me. Agreed. Uh, the Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, which the main event of the show, which I think was the right call. It made it the first night of WrestleMania. So Correct. obviously Chris is over tonight to watch night number two. Yep. So Chris is actually one of your uh, bands, actually, is going to be on the show tonight. Yeah. Which is awesome. uh, Ash Costello from New Year's Day uh, did the ring entrance music a couple years ago for Rhea Ripley. And from what we understand, uh, Vince himself is the one who requested that Ash come down and perform the song live at WrestleMania. So it's awesome. So uh, we'll be uh, watching that. So we'll take some pictures of that and we'll be on uh, Insta, Instagram and stuff like that. But, yeah, so the, the Sasha banks Bank Belair match was excellent as well. So that's the WrestleMania stuff. We'll talk. And I'm excited for the big match tonight for me is Edge, Daniel Bryan, and uh, Roman Reigns. That's, the num- that's like the main event for tonight, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, that's – that's going to be the main event, right? That's 100% going to be the main event. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Yeah. The way they've hyped that match and the promos from Edge, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan have all been fantastic, and I think it's if it's not the, the main event, I'd be shocked. The only thing that I could see being the main event over that would be Randy Orton and The Fiend, just because yeah. you got to think there's going to be some crazy finish to that. Yeah, you would think there'd be something going on. I heard that. a rumor about that match that wouldn't surprise me, but... To an extent, I'd be like, I'd be surprised if they did it at WrestleMania. I've heard that that's going to be a squash match. Be interesting. And I've heard that the Fiend is just going to make very quick work and annihilate Randy Orton. Yeah. So we'll see what they. Uh, you have to think he's going to win. If you don't have him win, you've killed that. You've killed that character. Yeah. No. So hopefully they can uh, keep that character going because it's kind of cool outlooks now. So I'm kind of interested I to agree. see what they do there. So I'm ready for the next pop. Yeah. Be cool. Ready for Fiend 2.0 Funko Pop. Which they probably will, which I wouldn't be uh, shocked if they do that. So, 
next. Uh, so finally, now hockey, blues hockey podcast. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about. So obviously, so before we get in too far, we got WrestleMania talk. Quick little sponsor thing. So DraftKings mm-hmm. uh, use uh, THPN as your. Uh, code word to get started today and there's plenty of awesome uh, promos going on so use that to get started today you got nba getting close to nba is getting closer to the playoffs mlb just started yep baseball just started hockey's getting closer to the playoffs cardinals got destroyed today that's if there's a buzz so hockey as we're going to talk about is ramping up now with the trade deadline less than 24 hours away as we're recording we're recording about 5 30 ish uh, on the 11th trades are, some big trades have already big happened. trades we're going to talk about the big trades one literally just happened within the last half hour yep. 45 minutes so it kind of affects the blues i think to a degree i think so which a, a player that i thought the blues i think would have been good but they don't need especially i say need but it would have been a solid player for them to add but, it take, but it's a player that other teams can't add now he goes over to the north division so he is heading up there so um what I, I don't remember. I know that there was a change to the quarantine time with seven the trade deadline. It's seven instead of fourteen. So it's so fourteen days. It's seven days. So you can get up there and uh, get quarantine. Yeah, obviously, the quarantine, everything going on there. So seven days instead of fourteen, which changes the dynamic of teams in the North Division acquiring players, so they can wait kind of to the deadline now instead of waiting, you know, maybe a week or two ahead of time to start acquiring players, so they can have guys ready to go. So anyway. The Blues, after an 0-6-1 skid where everything was bad. Like we talked about last podcast, Blues were losing a bunch. We talked about, obviously, the passing of Bobby Plager. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll get some news about that a little bit later. Uh, But the big thing is, I think they finally had their come-to-Jesus moment. Boy, did they. And with the complete shellacking again by the Vegas Golden Knights, where they had a solid four games in a row against the Golden Knights where they let in at least – Five yeah. goals, and Bennington did not look great. Huso does not look great. The defense does not look great. Offense could nobody buy a goal. Can, nobody can score a goal. Uh, Schwartz hasn't scored since he came back. Right. Shen's on like over a ten game scoreless streak. There was Tarasenko's a, only potted two since he's been back. You're basically running down the list. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford put out a list. I think after that game, yeah, of just how bad the drought has been for some players, and it it's sobering to see some of the things that like I didn't realize Krug's only got one goal this season. Yeah, no power Falk play goal. scored a, ga- a goal in like 23 games. Like crazy long droughts from guys that, you know, you need to lead this team. Um, but, you know, one of the things that you and I discussed just in our texting is everyone was so quick to to jump on Bennington for – you know, signing the deal and then, you know, letting all the goals in or, you know, whoso and all that. I'm like, look, man, I get that both of them left some soft goals in, but you're losing games when you're scoring one goal. You're not going to win a lot of hockey games scoring one goal. That means you need your goalie to pitch a shutout every night. And that's not realistic. Like, there's too much talent on this team and too much money wrapped up on this team for it to be a one-goal-a-game team. And that was, a, I think, just as much of a glaring problem as anything else that was going on with the Blues during that skid. Yeah, so the secondary scoring was gone, too. So, and obviously, the whipping boy, Zach Sanford, was the main one on that one. Yep. Uh, guys like Sammy Blay weren't really weren't really into getting into the lineup. Uh, Correct. The defense wasn't scoring. Mikolo was getting sat. Finally, the big one happened was um, the Blues, after the 6-1 to one slacking, basically, had a practice where it was a bag skate, 100%. They did battle drills. There was no lines run. It was just them doing battle drills and whatever. And after that, you kind of got an idea of who is in the doghouse. Oh, yeah. And we have heard the early in the season, we were saying Vince Dunn. That was kind of like our what we've talked about. It sure about. seemed that way. Um, after this, it turned into – one was shocking to me, obviously, because Rob Bortuzzo seems like the type of guy that is a I, is a Rube guy. I, and I've never had a problem with his effort on the ice. I've yeah. never watched a game and thought Bortuzzo's slacking off. Yeah, I think he's like skill wise. Sometimes I get it. It's, he's it, not a top four he's guy. A, he's a six. He's number six guy. Six pairing and third pairing's number six guy. Um, and then Mike Hoffman is sat. 
So for the second time. Second time. So this is it was a one gamer last time, and then this one turned into a two game. And during this two game, uh, Blues the team really looked good. real good. Real good. Like uh, some really good wins that happened here against quality opponents. And that's the other thing too. It wasn't like the Blues were beating up on bottom feeders. Yes, they were playing really well against some top teams here. Mm-hmm. And the start off as the second game of a two game set. They're at home. And mind you, at home, the Blues are bad. Real bad. Five nine and four this year, which is god awful. Yes. It's like you should be doing a lot better than five nine and four. So they lose six to one in the first game. So the second game they play starts off against the Vegas Gold Knights, and it's a game that you're like they need to have a fast start, a good start, like show what happens here. Well, I I think before this game, what was the stat? Six games straight. The Blues had let in the first goal. Yeah, and then uh, they only have let in out of their total games twelve times they scored the first goal, and that's, that means over twenty times they haven't. I think it was twenty at this time. It was like twenty four or something like that. Twenty five. They have not been a fast starting team this year. Yeah, so that's was, an understatement. Yeah, so not a great kind of game overall. Like great start by the team, and I think that's part of the why they've been down on themselves. Like it's just very odd when they get down on themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, but a fast start. And one of the guys we talked about who needs to get going, and it's Vladimir Tarasenko. Yep. And first shift, forty eight seconds in, goal number three from Dunn and Schwartz kind of comes in and just beats Mark Andre Fleury, who beats the, him clean. Who uh, Mark Andre Fleury has not won his last five starts. Correct. So it's kind of he's kind Fleury of Fleury's a streaky guy. Yeah, but he, when he was on, he was on. He's yep. the best goal in the league. Uh, but that's why they signed Robert Lanier. So they wanted to have a solid backup, and they're hoping to kind of trade Flurry. That didn't, yeah, really and that work didn't out. happen. But uh, Tarasenko, forty-eight seconds in, beats Flurry over glove side, uh, from just past the blue line, just inside the zone, yeah. and they kept backing up. And I believe I want to say. It wasn't Petrangelo, it was Holden. I thought it was Petrangelo at the start, but it was Holden who kept backing off and kind of let him do it. And then right after this, about the seven-minute mark, Sammy Blay gets pretty much the same goal. Yeah, I mean, it was very spot, similar. Same type of shot, high over the glove. Flurry didn't even go down on the shot. He just literally – phrasing real quick. Phrasing. Uh, and beat him glove side. And Blay with his fourth from Perron and Krug. Mind you, as much as Krug has gotten kind of gotten crap so far – Breaking news, the Coyotes lose in regulation. Ooh, we needed that. So, yep. we'll so talk that about puts that. us a game in hand and a point up. Two games in hand, right? One. Or no, one. Yeah, because that was even after last night. So that's good for the Blues. So, yep. we'll, talk, so that, we'll talk about standings as we get into these games and after what happened so far. So, Blay. So after the first period, the Blues, mind you, looked great. Yes. Top, they looked like in – I just do this as a comparison. It's not saying this is what's going to happen. But it looked like the 2019 team when they started that run, where they started Agreed. playing, where they're on top of guys, hard for the other team. Maybe they're getting shots, but not like quality shots. Mm-hmm. But they were just playing very well defensively, still getting odd man breaks, and playing well overall. Uh, the Blues playing well in the second period again. No goals let in, but they're on the they're doing their bend but not break defense. Uh, Bennington, and let's talk about this. He probably played his best game of the season, this game. Easily. Easily. Yeah. And he wound up, which we'll talk about, uh, set it, almost setting a record. But late in the third, Jake Wallman. Let's talk about this mm-hmm. because they just had the hockey fights cancer night last week. Yep. And he had his, he lost his uncle, his uncle Doug during the season and he was very close to him and he writes uncle doug on his stick every before every mm-hmm. game jake wallman has slowly kind of worked his way into the lineup and played really well very well on the second pairing mind you and yeah. mind you colton Pareko's got activated out of nowhere right the game the blues got smoked six to one mm-hmm. <laughs> he kind of got thrown into the fire and it, to me looked tentative i don't think he's 100 percent, not even close but I think they're at the point of like but i also think he's looked better Ooh, he's looked better each game since then yeah, so I think he's looked really good. These three games, I think he's finally kind of back to yes, looking like the Preco we saw that we you know they signed for over five million dollars. So he's played really well. So Jake Wallman, after Kyrou comes in, takes a shot, puck goes almost to the point, and Wallman one times it beats Mark Andre Fleury for his first NHL goal, mm-hmm. and. Cairo, who's like his best friend, gets the primary assist. Barbashev gets another assist there. It's about the 13-minute mark. Blues, unfortunately, right after this, gets hemmed in their own zone. And 
Nicholas uh, Waugh gets uh, his second of the season. Carrier and Reeves ruining the shutout bid, which sucks because I think he really Bennington really deserved it. Makes a total of fifty saves, the third highest save like amount of saves for a Blues goalie in Blues history. Fifty two was the highest. Yeah, set by Curtis Joseph. So, real back, real quick, before we move on to the next game, Jake Wallman's goal. And I mean, you kind of talked about this before, and I wanted to bring it up. So we talked about like I have no problem with O'Reilly as the captain. I think it's he's very much like follow me. Here he works hard. Yep. Um, he's not the like screaming a guy's face type Correct. guy. He seems like, but just basically puts in the effort night in and night out. Mm-hmm. I think as much as he's the captain, like I think the emotional leader of the team is Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah. Because after he scored his goal and he was pumped. Yes. And like saying like let's go boys and whatever, and after Wallman scored, he jumped off the bench and was like hugging Wallman as he came to the bench. Yeah, and that's something to me. And so showing how excited he was, and Wallman on the bench, you can see kind of was getting a little emotional because all the guys are super happy for him. Um, so Vladimir Tarasenko to me is like almost like the emotional kind of like leader of the team, and that's nothing. That, yeah, I agree. And it's not a shot at like. Ryan O'Reilly. No, but I not think, at all. But I think like when when Tarasenko's pumped and stuff, it, like that's his, the other guys feed off of that. And yeah. that's just a different type of leader. And it's a in having the Blues having their leadership group. I think that's everybody yeah, has agree. a different type. I mean, we talked about this before the season when the debate on who the captain was going to be, and I think we, I think everyone really thought it was going to be either Tarasenko or O'Reilly. Neither one would have been a, a, a fine choice, and. You know, there was rumors when it happened that Tarasenko was a little upset that he didn't get the seat. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't think that there is ego involved when it comes to Tarasenko. I think he is really a team player. I think that he's like he likes the personal, knows what he is and who he is, but I don't think he is the type of player that is going to be affected by, well, I didn't get the C, so I guess this team doesn't want me as much. You know what I mean? Um, and I love that. I think that, you know, the, the other thing that played in is, you know, like, look, man, you got injured three times in the last four years. Like, we need a captain who knows who's going to be here. Mm-hmm. I think if, if Tarasenko had been healthy the whole time, he would have been a shoo-in for captain. Um, but we, we really have two captains on this team, and I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, like I said, two different styles, and I think yeah. sometimes like some guys feed off one style, and some guys feed off another style, and maybe that's even though there was some like discord, you know, I said discourse like between Steen and like Petrangelo, it was just sure. two different leaders, you yeah. know. And I think that's what worked well at the time. Like yeah. Petrangelo had a way of doing things, Steen had a way of doing things. Maybe there were Steen guys and his Petrangelo guys, but hey, if you guys can work together, right. whatever, man. So I think that's kind of I noticed that, and I think that's something. The team feeds off of, and I think it's a good, a good thing, especially during this stretch. So they beat Vegas, and hopefully that carries over to the next game. So Blues played Minnesota Wild, which is only the second time they've played Minnesota Wild this Crazy. season. And mind you, the Blues lost the last game, and they let let it. They had a a franchise low eleven goal, eleven shots on goal allowed. Last but they game. still they looked lost. good, and they lost two to one. Unfortunately, they, that's when they couldn't score a goal. For Correct. The, Cam, uh, Cam Talbot had a really good. Uh, yeah, game against them, really good. Yeah, so they're they're facing a Capo Kakinen. Correct. This game, so he's a guy who was like almost unbeatable a while, like about a month ago. Yep. And then Cam Talbot's kind of taking the net back, so we'll see how they would uh, play. Blues come out playing really well, mm-hmm. and uh, Blues uh, Twitter pariah <laughs> Zach Sanford gets the first goal off a really amazing pass from sequence from Bozak to Thomas to Sanford. Bozak and Thomas work really well together. They do. And it's when Bozak, whenever, I don't know whoever's center in that line, because sometimes it's Bozak, it seems. It seems like almost on the ice they kind of trade, it seems. Right. So it seems like whoever's playing, like they both work really well. And I think yes, that's, um, we're always waiting for Robert Thomas to kind of take the next step. And it seems like he gets close. And then we'll talk about mm-hmm. what happens when that, uh, with him. But I think those work well. And then now it's Zach Sanford on his line instead of uh, Pat Maroon. Correct. So different type of style compared to Maroon, obviously, but yep. uh, we'll take it. So Zach Sanford with nine goals already, which I'll take it. Okay, I mean, he, look, we've we've addressed many times the streakiness that is Zach Sanford. When he he's looks on, he's like on. a first team All Star player for three weeks, and then he goes into hiding for six weeks. Yeah, and then so, but 
hopefully we're hitting that stride now where it's the good Zach yeah. Sanford. So next, finally, off the uh, Schneid is Jaden Schwartz off a nice feed from Tarasenko. And yep. Schwartz is on the right wing, and, and nobody picks him up. He just kind of works his way in and goes uh, and gets the goal from, uh, like I said, Tarasenko and Dunn at the 659 mark. Unfortunately, no shutout again. Zach Parise gets his fourth. He's back in the lineup finally. He's been kind of getting sad, and, man, they got him him getting uh, sat. And that's he's, a lot of money sitting. Yeah, and he's uh, got a lot of years left, too. I think we're they, five. Were those like 11-year contracts when 11 they signed? 11 or 12-year signs. Jeez. Yeah. So that's a uh, – Yuck. Come on. Eventually, they'd come back and get them. They're just hoping by that time they could have, like, young players, and yeah. they're kind of getting there. So, Jaden Schwartz gets another goal from Shannon Krug at the 15-23 mark. And then finally, the wrap-it-up Sammy Blay kind of fans on a shot. That it gets kicked out there, but is this is fifth from Falk and Perron at sixteen fifty three mark, and the Blues quickly make it four to one at the end of one, and wow, looking great, like yeah, it, similar, it looked just as good as they did against the Vegas game, and that mm-hmm. trends well. If you're playing well, and obviously goals are going in this game, agreed, we'll take it. Yeah, so we'll just go through this really quickly. Ryan O'Reilly gets a pair to start, pretty much to start the first five minutes of the uh, period. Boy, that second one was a bad goal. The shorthanded goal? Yeah. Yeah, he was just comes in and just goes low, stick side. That There is, I think, at least I, out of the total nine goals that are scored, I would say more than half were similar shots to that, and they found his spot. Yes, and they the, did. The Blues were hitting that spot really uh, good. Phrasing. Phrasing. Good phrasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that second O'Reilly goal, like that's a goal that if you're an NHL goalie, you need to make that save. Like it, it wasn't an overly hard shot. It wasn't a tricky shot. It was just, I'm going to put it past you, and he did. Um, I'm glad he did because, you know, I, I think I think that's the goal that breaks the Minnesota Wild in this game is yeah. that shorthanded goal. The 6-1 to one where it just kind of after that, I was like, all right, this night is a, not our night. Right. And continued with Justin Falk finally coming back mm-hmm. and getting a goal. Uh, Robert Thomas with another great pass, finding him streaking in and mm, goes top great shelf. Pass. Um, Ryan O'Reilly. Gets credit for this goal. First, he thought it was Jake Walma getting his second goal from the point, but uh, Riley, Ryan Riley uh, deflects it. Yep. He's credited with his 16th of the year, gets his second NHL hat trick. Uh, Ivan Barbashev finishes it off with a power play goal. Um, and they got this power play because uh, a hit by on Robert Thomas against the boards, which I wasn't thinking it was a – it wasn't, I don't think, a dirty hit, just the no, way he was, it was He was very awkwardly positioned. He was just – and it wasn't like a – into the boards. It was just the way he was skating and turning and just – he gets hit into the boards and – Crumbles. Crumbles. And not – you know, and I, I guess we're going with concussion. And, it's got to be. And I, I, he is it, labeled week to week. It seems like Robert Thomas, when he finally starts hitting his stride, we're like, man, this guy's going to be a great NHL yep. guy. He gets hurt. And it's just – he's – the last two years has just been – ever since he had the wrist injury with the Stanley Cup Finals, it seems like he's kind of had – starts playing well, some injury. kind of injury. Playing well, some kind of injury. So, I mentioned when I first walked in the door today, before we started re- recording, that at what point do we label Robert Thomas the new Robbie Fabry? You know, it, it just seems like... Talent's there. The talent is assuredly there. But is he going to be one of these players that's made of glass and comes back for 15, 20 games and then something else happens? And then comes back for 15 games and something else happens. You know what I mean? And I don't think that that means that he can't be a good player, but I don't know if that's the guy that, you know, you sign on to be a giant top, deal. And then count on to be in your top six going forward. Right, right. Is he always going to be like a very, very talented and let's be number honest. three center for the, this team and then he can move into the top six if needed? Yep. Or in which right now I think that's how you got to at least project him for next year. Sure. I wouldn't – and the thing is, like, everybody's like, well, you're wasting him on the third line. I'm like, well, guys, like, on your, think of your first line, your right wingers right now, you have, you know, Perron, Tarasenko kind of locked up in your first mm-hmm. two right wingers. So, Jer- uh, Jordan Cairo could easily fit in on the right wing there going forward. And as forward. far as center, you've got O'Reilly, you've got Shen, you've got, you know – and that's the thing is, number one, wh- where do you put him? Because yeah. he played wing in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then secondly is – like you said, you you want your top six stable and dependable, and obviously, you you never anticipate an injury, but you you can look at the history 
and see the players who are injury prone and the players who aren't. And that's not to say that that's not a knock on any player. Just some players are more injury prone than others. And it, it sure seems like, like you said, ever since he took that hit from Krug in the finals back in 19, that it's just sadly been one thing after another with him. Because uh, after that rookie year, I think we were all like, this is our dude. Like, yep. this is the future right here. And not saying it can't be. And it's he just, still can be. I just yeah. I think there's there's concern. Yeah. 21, almost 22. So, like, obviously plenty of time there. But it's just obviously with the injuries keep happening consistently. Especially if this is another concussion. Because – That would be number two at least. Yeah. Every time you get a concussion, I believe you're more prone to future yeah. concussions. Yeah. So, we'll see. Going forward, how he is, I, like, I would love for him to be number one center, lockdown, Patrice Bergeron type yep. of guy. Like, Agreed. great. Like, Agreed. if he gets that way, I'll pay the man, and he stays healthy, like, mostly healthy. Cool. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. But if, obviously, if you keep kind of getting hurt after a certain amount of games, and some of them, obviously, not his fault or nothing no, like that. No, not at it's all. Just, it just, unfortunately, it's, it, just. Some players are more injury-prone than others. Obviously, a winner. has won at every level. Oh, so, yes, he has. So, he's won World Juniors, WA, uh, OHL. Stanley uh, Cup. Stanley Cup. So, I mean, what? All he needs is a gold medal, and he's uh, he's got the uh, all four of them too. Just like yeah, Northeastern. world championships or gold medal, world championships yeah. type thing. So yeah, so he just needs international accolades, which gotta stay healthy to get on the Team Canada because that's a tough. It's like we a tough team to crack, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of people going for that team. Yeah, so Blues back to back this weekend against uh, Minnesota Wilds. So obviously, the Wild are not going to play like they did. You wouldn't think. You would hope. That, I mean, you would, for Blue's sake, I would hope they play the same way because sure. those are fun games to watch. But, but those are I, games where you can kind of sit back and be like, this is awesome. Just have a drink and just do your thing, and yeah. this is great. But, you know. The Wild are, the wild are, are a good team. They're a good team. They're not a Buffalo uh, Sabres team. No, they are not. So, early on, and Billy Huzo's in for this one, and playing well to start the game, staves the first Four shots, which is and that's been always been that's been the problem. And everybody's like, even on Twitter, everybody's like, "Great, first four shots are saved, we're good." <laughs> and then, unfortunately, he just over. Like, this is not this goal has happened to him new, a couple of times where he over, a guy comes in on the left wing and he overplays the short side. Yeah, and he's afraid of getting beat short side, and he just misses it with the glove side. He got a piece of this shot by Nico Sturm, uh, not Nico Case or Nico Smith. Smith. Correct. Not, yeah, Nico Sturm. Uh, gets his fifth goal at about the eighteen, uh, no, yeah, the eighteen twenty-five mark. And harmless looking shot. Just, I think Huso wants that one back, and we said that a lot this year, unfortunately. But in my opinion, made up for it. Oh yes, and he made a couple of really great saves. Yes, he did. Uh, late in this game to keep it close, and we'll talk yeah. about that. So, Robert- let's talk about before we get too far into this game, mm-hmm. the fact that because. Um, Thomas Robert is Thomas to, is he's out. considered week to week right now. Yep, because he's out. The whipping boy is back in, and uh, Mike Hoffman. And Mike Hoffman comes off of a two-game uh, forced vacation. Yes, and it comes in on the power play, and this is why we the Blues brought him in. Hundred percent for this, this one timer shot. And as much as you want to dog Mike Hoffman for his effort, which and defensive prowess, which that's lacking. Yep, a lot. When he's right, wants to shoot, the guy shoots a lot. And he has that type of shot that is a game changer. That one-timer is on par with players like Ovechkin and everybody else. Like, that one-timer is heavy and fast. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's like I said, a game changer. And it's, hopeful, yes. it's one of those things where it's like he's there and he's a power play specialist and you just got to kind of roll with it Yeah, to a degree. It sounds uh, weird to say it like that, but – it works. Yep. Mike Hoffman with his 10th of the year from Dunn and Bozak on the power play at the 307 mark. The Blues playing pretty well, I mm-hmm. think, at times. This was a much tighter game for both teams than the night before. Yeah, and I think the thing that is um, interesting is, is that the Blues are playing well, and I think getting some decent shots on Cam Talbot and mm-hmm. still playing within the system uh, – but it seems like when something happens and they go down by a goal, like effort was there, but Tarasenko failed to clear the puck, and then it turns into a penalty. Yep. And then by Scandella. And then Dumba gets his sixth of the year on the power play late in the second, and that kind of took the wind out of their sails, and it showed. Yeah, it did. 
in the third period, I think the Blues only had like three or four shots halfway through. Mm-hmm. The last four minutes, they couldn't get past the red line. Agreed. It was bad. They had um, the Blues on lockdown. The Blues went through three line changes and couldn't crack the wild zone while having possession of the puck. Mm-hmm. The Wilder was doing the little chip out and changing, chip out and change. They did it for a solid three minutes. Yeah. And the Blues finally got it into the zone late in the third. And with about 41, 42 seconds left, they finally get set up. And from the same spot as he scored the power play goal, Mike Hoffman rifles it. And it was a save by Cam Talbot. He went for the, he went for the blocker side again. Yeah. And it hit the blocker. Hits uh, one of the defensemen, I believe, Brodeen in front. I don't remember who Rodina or Dumba. I can remember one of the two because I know Spurgeon was on the other side right. who tried to like get it before it rolled in, but hits him and rolls in. The Blues tie it late. So once again, a thing that they were really awful at for many years, the six on five, we're like, they ain't gonna score. Yeah, where they've had about what five this year? Four a or lot. Five? Yeah, I mean more than I can remember in, in any season past. Like, like you said, it used to be the joke: the Blues pull the goalie, the other team's getting an empty netter. Like it, it was just. You knew it was going to happen. The Blues were terrible when it came to getting the extra skater on to try to tie a game. And this year, I, I don't know what has changed, but they've they've got it down. Yeah, and the good thing about it is, too, is that Huso played really well in the third to kind of like – Yes, before stabilize like the, it. Stabilize it. Had a couple of big saves when Wild actually got a decent chance mm-hmm. in there when the Blues were kind of like not playing great and allowed for this to happen. Because if yep. he let another goal in, this was obviously – Definitely over. You're toast. Yeah. And they were able to tie it late, which they get the point, which is great. So mm-hmm. as much as you love to catch the Wild, who are in third by uh, eight points, with a, on the Wild have a game in hand on the Blues. Correct. So obviously it would be tough to catch them. Um, so they get a point. So, hey, fine. Right now you're focused on being ahead of – getting ahead of Arizona, staying ahead of San Jose, yeah. the Kings, so on and so forth. And the Blues – have decent possession throughout the overtime, get a couple yeah, of shots. Yeah, they really and, do. But, they, you know, a lot of cycling and get a couple of decent shots. But Hoffman had a fantastic shot. Yeah, and once and a couple, he, had a, he was just firing in overtime. He won that hat trick, like, yes. bad. Oh, yeah. And and about 10 seconds left, O'Reilly gets the puck and is kind of curling. And I'm like, all right, throw it on net. We'll go to the shootout. Yeah. See how Huso does and go from there. This backhand shot, as he circled Ridiculous. around the neck, he had a spot not much bigger than the the size of the puck to put this above Cam Talbot's shoulder because Cam, yeah. Cam Talbot's a pretty big guy. Big guy. Beat some short side above the shoulder with about two seconds left in overtime. Yeah. And the Blues win it and steal – you can say steal two points. From oh, yeah. Wild. Yeah, yeah. And basically we're within seven games of the Minnesota Wild now. Or seven points. Seven points. Seven yep. points with obviously a game. Is it possible? It is. Hell, I mean, we're going to play. You're going to play him a lot. Five more times. Uh, yeah. So we yeah. Have, yeah. So we have only played three. And now we're two and one against the Wild. Yeah. Um, almost could have been three if they played well that one game. Obviously, Tablet played really well, but yeah. the Wild are a good team. But they're one of those teams where I was like, didn't know how to what to make of them going into this. Sure. But they're uh, definitely a very beatable team. Uh, I, I think they go as their goalie goes. And if Cal and Tablet's been playing well, yes. and uh, Kakinen before that was playing very mm-hmm. well. So if their goalies are playing well and it seems like they have – and the funny thing is the Blues and and the Wild have the same amount of, amount of goals for right now. Yeah. So scoring-wise, I mean, the Blues obviously had that big jump where we just had it, but we weren't scoring much before there. Sure. So scoring-wise, these two teams are about even. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kapritsov, I think, has kind of hit a wall to me. He, I didn't see him as a massively no- – he had a couple of decent passes this game. Yeah. The last two games, but I don't think he's kind of. I think he's hit the Tarasenko rookie wall where Tarasenko started off great. Yeah, remember I he agree. Kinda, remember he kind of hit, fell off after he had those first like ten games, and then he kind of was played well, but you can tell he was tired later in the sure. year from not playing that, never playing the style of game and playing this many games. So, Agreed. I think what's important about this game is that it vaults the Blues back into fourth place, one point ahead of Phoenix, uh, and now that. Or as of last Arizona, night, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah, Arizona. I know it's hard. As as of last night, that was our game in hand. So we were one point up with the same amount of games, which means the Blues control their fate. If the Blues keep winning, the Blues will be in fourth place. 
Compound that now with the fact that Arizona lost today in regulation. Mm-hmm. So now we are in, still in fourth place, one point up with the game in hand. So the Blues definitely control their fate when it comes to Arizona. As long as, the, and we have one game left against the Coyotes, I believe. One game on the 17th coming up. So. Okay. So, you know. That's going to be a huge game. As long as the Blues continue to win, Arizona won't pass them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the Blues go into another skid, Arizona has been playing well. You know, they just, they've lost two to Vegas, which a lot of teams are losing to Vegas. Yep. Um, so, you know, the, the Blues back in the playoff picture. They control their fate. They don't need help right now to make the playoffs. It's win and you're in. Keep putting games together. Keep putting points up, and you're going to make the playoffs. Now you're going to play either Colorado or Vegas in the first round. But we have seen that this team can beat those teams. Yeah. If you, they play this type of game that they know they can do, mm-hmm. they'll definitely be able to um, beat they can beat any team that's above them. Minnesota, Vegas, and Colorado, they play the type of game they played. They played Vegas and the type of game where they play. Even the even both games against Minnesota, I think, right. minus maybe some parts of the third period. If they play like that, they can beat those teams. Yes. It's just a matter of playing that way. So Agreed. Hopefully Robert Thomas comes back in the next – he said, I've heard, according to, I think, in that Jim Thomas on the post-dispatch, that he heard a couple of weeks – so, obviously, does that affect the Blues' trade deadline plans? Um, and like Probably. Like Hoffman was rumored, Bozak was rumored, Schwartz was rumored. Those are your big three UFAs mm-hmm. after the year. Are they going to trade any of those? Bozak will probably get you a mid-round pick. Schwartz and Hoffman are the ones that will probably get you upper first, second-round picks and yep. prospects. Um, are you going to trade those guys now? I would say Schwartz was going to be the one, unless you had the bottom fallout, you probably wouldn't You would trade him. I think Hoffman was always one of those where definitely after getting sat. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that assessment. I think that the the landscape has changed after this weekend. You know, before Thursday, uh, or I'm sorry, before Wednesday, you're looking at a team that had lost, what, six straight, yeah, so was on the outside six, looking in. One, yeah, um, there was nothing you could point at on that team that looked like the bright spot. I, I, all aspects were flat: offense, defense, goaltending. I think that the, the general consensus was this team had to win two out of three games this weekend in order to not be sellers. Yeah, and also not have a basically full-on fire sale with your UFAs. What does the team do? They go out and get all six points. They put themselves back into the playoffs, like we just said. They control their own fate. I still think that there could be a move, but I don't think this team is approaching tomorrow the way they were, say, 72 hours ago. Yeah. Uh, Especially with Thomas being out. If Thomas was healthy... I still think that you might have moved Mike Hoffman before tomorrow. I still think it's uh, – And he on the, could still move depending still, on what you get back. Yeah. If you get an NHL player back, then yeah. I think you make the move. I still think if it's – If it's a draft possible. pick, I don't think they make the move. Yeah, and I think it depends on the dominoes falling. Because I think after Taylor Hall, I think that like Mike Hoffman's the next kind of like guy that people would want. Like it, Toronto seems like they've made – we'll talk about that, made some moves, and I think they're maybe taking themselves out of that thing. Yeah. But I think – Edmonton was apparently in on Hoffman, and Boston's also in it, too, for, like, a haul. So, I think Edmonton is – and we were for a while, apparently. I don't know. I, I think that's – I think they kicked the tires. And apparently, they're, according to – we're recording, it's about 6 o'clock now. Yeah. Uh, and they said the haul front is apparently very close. But they didn't say with who. They said very so close. So, that everything that I've anybody. heard from friends of mine who follow the, the Sabres closely – say that the Sabres want picks. They don't necessarily want a player. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blues get Hall, if it is some sort of a three-team deal. Like, let's just say Boston, because Boston seems to be very in on Mike Hoffman. Yeah, I could see Boston sending a pick to Buffalo, 
who sends Hall to St. Louis, who sends Hoffman to Boston. Yeah, and then we have to have, obviously, the salary cap has to be some salary cap eaten there. Of course. A lot of a, not a little, like you said, we're just throwing stuff out there. Right. Like, we're not saying there has to be a lot of, we start screaming at your uh, device saying, like, what about the salary cap? But, yeah, we get it. Like, they're going to have to do something to fix the salary so cap let's, there. So, let's explore this scenario. Well, let's say for Hoffman, why you said Hoffman, let me bring up, we talked about the interview. Yes. So oh, the post game interview. Yeah. Post game interview he did with Pang was you can tell he wasn't thrilled. No. So I was like, yeah, he's like, trade me now. That, it, mean, it was like the side, like trade me right effing now and hang up the phone. What he said was it was really good to score a couple goals and help this team win. What he really said was, I'm glad I put some in the net, so someone's going to make an offer and get me the f out of here this weekend. Yeah, because I'm not have enjoying my time in St. Louis, which. Whatever, man. I think it's one of those things where I still love the signing. I do, too. There's just, no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Yeah, and he, and he, guess what? This didn't work out. Correct. And and guess what? There was a good idea. There's no there's not a no-trade clause on his deal. It's he could send him. They could send him. Ottawa not take him back. They could send him to Detroit. They could send him wherever. Agreed. Agreed. And do whatever just to get him off the books. So after the game, they always do Zoom calls. Yeah. So the one thing to so Hoffman was one of the guys. He scored two goals, including, the obviously, the tying, late tying goal. Uh, it was asked what people one of the reporters asked him the, how the last week was for him and his exp- response was it's the NHL and they asked him to elaborate and he said it's part of the business quote it's, it's part of the business that we work in he said those those are the things that happen throughout a season sometimes you've got to deal with them basically yeah. like I wasn't thrilled to be scratched I don't think I should have been scratched but I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to be, seem like I'm a locker room cancer guy, which is that's something that's smart. That's something that's followed him around. Obviously, the stuff that's happened in Ottawa. Yep. Apparently, the stuff. Apparently, he wasn't a great locker room guy in Florida, which is why Florida didn't pony up the money to sign him, which everybody right. was shocked about. So who knows? So, two things. First off, is and I think we've pretty much uh, addressed this indirectly. Let's say tomorrow comes and goes, and Mike Hoffman is still on your team when the sun sets tomorrow. Do you think there's any chance in hell we see Mike Hoffman in a Blues jersey for the 21-22 season? Mm, no. I don't think so either. I, I just think that he has not been the fit that the Blues have hoped for, and I don't know if it is a problem with him and the coach or what. I will say this, and this is my second point, is I – believe that uh, there is truth to the fact, and I, 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 from what I understand, Berube and Hoffman had a heart-to-heart talk yesterday before he got uh, put into the lineup. I think this is a work ethic problem mm-hmm. because both times that he has been healthy scratches, the first game back, he's put a puck in the net. The last time it happened, he put one in quickly, hit the post, twice more damn near had a hat trick this time he put two in and almost had a third one in overtime the dude can score when he wants it's the rest for of the me stuff. is going to be yeah. if he plays tomorrow which i would imagine he will how does he look because it seems like he comes back motivated to show you i'm a damn good player in his first game back and then he goes back to the guy who let's be honest there's times where he looks floating. like he's just skating out there yeah he's floating yeah. yeah. And, you know, the way this team plays, you can't do that. Like, you know, there's no room on this team for guys who aren't going to skate. This is not a finesse team. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, and I don't see Doug Armstrong kind of sitting to the side waiting either. No. If he's, I wouldn't be deal. surprised if he gets traded tonight if they're going to trade him. Yeah. I, I mean, it's one of those things where uh, the last couple of years he hasn't been afraid to. Yep. Shore up stuff. So 2019, obviously they acquired Michael, Michael Delzato, who played mm-hmm. handful, handful of games, games with the, this for a six-round pick. Right. Just to have. So the next year, obviously, with Bo Meester, things happened. Obviously, with him, they went out and got Marco Scandella. Mm-hmm. So Marco Scandella for a second and a fourth. Right. So will he do something like that again and buy, or is he – like, he's always honest with his team. So sure. in, the, in the past – when even they're in a playoff spot, they're just hanging on to a playoff spot that one year um, then they dealt Paul Stastny, yeah. who's a pending UFA, and they knew they weren't going to bring back. So they dealt him for a pick in a prospect, Eric Foley, who unfortunately is probably never going to play for the Blues. Sure, um, But they got a first-rounder for him. 
but important because they use that for fu- future. That's why how you got Braden Shen. Correct. Because you're able to get rid of your Laterra and you get Braden Shen instead. Yep. And then they also wound up getting uh, the year they shipped out Eric, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. Correct. And they were on the cut, like in near in the playoff hunt. Well, remember the year that they sent out Eric Johnson. Yeah, the Eric Johnson and for for Shattenkirk, Shattenkirk and, Stewart. and Stewart. They kind of shake things up when they were out of a player or close to a playoff spot, but they shook the team up for future things. Mm-hmm. So he's always looking forward, and that's the thing. If they're gonna, if they think they're going to be okay with Mike Hoffman, or say, hey, they know, like, hey, Vegas and Colorado are rolling this year, like. Do we have a realistic shot to beat those teams and move on? Do we have the firepower to get through all the way? Mm-hmm. Are we, or at least, are we? We have the firepower. Are we playing well enough to get by those teams? Right. Because you potentially have to beat both of those teams. Correct. Are you going to be able to beat both of those teams in the two seven game series back right. to back? Right. That's tough. Very I, tough. That's going to be very tough. The way they're rolling right now. Like, can you sneak by one of them? I 100 percent think you can sneak by one of those teams. Yeah, but what, you, you what are you going to have left in the tank for the next one? Yeah, right. that's the thing that worries me. So, and the other thing is Armstrong's never been a guy that's waited to the last day. Like, when he gets the deal he for the wants. Bi- for the big deal, yeah. Right. Yeah. When he gets the deal he wants, he pulls the trigger. You know, it, it, he's not someone who sits around to see, well, let's see what else is there. And I, that's something that I have liked about him, be it draft day deals, free agent signings, deadline deals you know he there's a lot of guys like oh it was free agent frenzy you know you know we're gonna we're gonna see what happens as soon as it opens up or the trade deadline where you're counting down to the there's two hours left what's gonna happen um you know armstrong doesn't deal with the bs that comes along with all those hard deadlines he finds his deal he gets it worked out he pulls the trigger sometimes it's a week before sometimes it's you know the day of but he's not one of those guys that, that waits. Mm-hmm. So, like we were saying, I think that the the board, uh, the chessboard, as it were, has certainly changed. Both with the fact that the Blues are in a much better position than they were seventy two hours ago, uh, as far as standings, in a worse position than they were forty eight hours ago because of injuries. Yep. Um, what does that do? I don't know. I think that saves Jaden Schwartz at least for this year. Yeah, I think I think I think that what he would have been like. I was thinking Schwartz would have been a similar to like a Chuck thing. We're like, we're gonna send you out as a rental, and like, hey, we want to bring you back next year. So just to let you know, right? Come talk to us on July first, yeah, or whatever the yeah, July first this year. Yeah. Like, hey, when Braden starts, hey, we want you back. So come see us, or just handshake deal. I mean, I'm sure that's how it was with Chuck. Be like, hey, and wait, yeah, and wait. Hey, go do your thing. Hopefully, you win a cup. Come back. We'll sign you to the deal that you want. Right, you know, do us a solid and let us get some picks so we can restock, restock a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing when when it, the the Schwartz stuff came up. I do think that they're going to try to find a way to uh, resign him, uh, possibly at the expense of someone like Tyler Bozak. Um, and I personally like Bozak. I would love to see him come back. I, I don't know if this team with your depth at center and, pays him. Yeah, what he's making now. Oh, he's making five. He figured he cut that in half at least, right? I would say three. Yeah, I would say for what he would can do, I would say face-off guy, power play specialist, been a little bit of penalty kill. A lot of teams would pay for that right now. So sure, and he's sure. still in his you know mid you know I say early thirties. I least. believe so. Yeah. So I I don't blame the guy. So yeah. we'll see what happens on the trade deadline. I say something happens. Yeah, I, I just think don't, I just happens. and it's unfortunately I'm so vague about it. I just could they trade Mike Hoffman? I wouldn't be shocked. No. Would they just maybe throw a late round pick and find somebody just to shore up maybe somebody at the defense, you know, position just to have somebody? Do you somebody? think they're out on Taylor Hall? I don't know. I part of me it it all depends on what they want picks and it's like do you want to give another first round pick right now? And to me right. it's like the way you're playing right now I'd rather just roll with Hoffman and keep the first round pick if that was my choice. Yeah, or I, trade Hoffman and get something. And I, I've heard Boston is wanting to trade, and they've been throwing DeBrusque out there as one of the guys. That's mind you, probably for for Hall. Would you would they trade Hoffman for DeBrusque? Probably not. Right. But that's a guy that intrigues me as a possible Bruce yeah, guy. I you know a lot of people are like well, why don't they just trade Hoffman for Hall? Because Mike Hoffman ain't going to sign in Buffalo. Yeah. 
So that trade does nothing for the Buffalo Sabres. For the future for them. And I'll tell you right now. They're awful. <laughs> if the Buffalo Sabres make another trade with the St. Louis Blues that brings nothing back long-term in return, Buffalo's going to burn. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen there. So Sodom trades are slowly happening now. So yes. we'll talk about some minor trades. So the one that I thought was such a good move, and it makes sense. So – Columbus Riley Nash is a guy who's really good, you know, bottom six guy making a good amount of money and got hurt out four to six with the, with the shoulder. So they're all like, yep, that is not, he's not getting traded and not going to get anything. Toronto picks him up for a seventh round pick in 2022 and just puts him on IR and mm-hmm. hopefully he's ready for the playoffs. And you can get him maybe after the first round of the playoffs, which is not a bad move. Um, let's see if Panthers acquired Montour from the Sabres. Mm-hmm. That's a solid deal for a third round pick. So the Colorado uh, Avalanche kind of had a field day of acquiring guys. They got Patrick Nemeth uh, from the Detroit Red Wings, and they got their veteran back of goalie they've been waiting, waiting for in Devin Dubnik. So not for bad for a fifth round pick and a throw in defenseman. So they're, they're trying their best. They're going for it. I think Tampa Bay is going for it again getting Savard from the Columbus Blue Jackets and using the Red Wings as like a facilitator. Good move there. Let's see. John Merrill got traded today from the Red Wings uh, to the Canadians. Uh, Nick Foliano was one that just happened right before we cracked the mics. Gets traded to Toronto, and I think that's a guy that I think the Wild were in on, and I think that's good that he got moved to the North Division. Agreed. For a bunch of picks. A first-rounder, which is if he's getting a first-rounder, there's no way – uh, if Ann's or butts about it, that Taylor Hall is getting a first-round pick. Nope. Because he's getting a first-round pick, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't. So if he doesn't, man, I feel bad for us, all Sabres fans because you need to get picks, and if you got somebody, nothing against know, but if he gets a first-round pick, he got multiple picks. Yeah. He got a first and two-fourths. Mind you, it was a lot of holding salary and stuff there, but it's a lot of picks, though. So. I agree, and I mean – Felino ain't Taylor Hall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but still, solid guy, and I think that's a good bottom six guy. I just don't know, what the, I don't know what the answer is in Buffalo, man. I, I really don't because I, I think – I mean, Hall's gone, and I'm not positive that Jack Eichel ain't gone. Maybe not at the deadline because I think he's still on the IR and he can't trade an injured player, but – They were listening apparently. They so. were – yeah. I mean, to a degree – I feel like the Buffalo Sabres are becoming the new Edmonton Oilers where every year they're getting a high lottery pick and it doesn't seem to make a hill of beans difference when it comes to the product on the ice. You know, you, you got Rasmus Dahlin, you got Jack Eichel, you signed Taylor Hall, you, know, you, you got Jeff Skinner, you've got good players and you're just not winning games. Yeah, so yeah, kind of interesting a uh, couple things I'll just bring up as we're cr- wrapping up here. Just just trying to peruse Twitter and give you at least the last kind of what we're hearing mm-hmm. or hearing or what we're seeing on Twitter. I'm not, not anything From your there. sources? Yeah, from my sources. Uh, so apparently uh, a couple of guys are reporting that the Oilers are out. The on, Oilers are out? On Taylor. God, how crazy would that be if he had gone back to the Oilers? They were apparently trying really hard to get him there. Apparently the Islanders, after getting Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac earlier this are week, out. are apparently having closed the door on making a thing, but nothing's guaranteed, but keep an eye on them. I don't know how they're going to do that. With all, they need to get yeah, to, yeah, yeah. They're up there, too. That's about all I got right now. Apparently, Buffalo is not going to be able to sign their goalie in time. So Linus Olmark will probably test free agent waters, which I don't blame them. Look, man, I love that city. Obviously, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, but there ain't a lot to look forward to if you're a Buffalo Sabres player right now. Like, I, there's just not. Yeah, so that's uh, interesting what, they, uh, what they're going to do, what the Blues are going to do wrapping up here. Mm-hmm. So, I, no, I think the Blues, I think something's going to happen. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's, it's going to be much, interesting. If Buffalo doesn't at least – it's also a waiting game because they could wait Buffalo out to the last minute. Whoever's in on Buffalo, it could be the Islanders, maybe even Edmonton, whoever. And if they do use it a team to facilitate, like some keep some money or whatever and buy draft picks, basically is what they're doing. Right. 
man, if they tra- they get nothing for Taylor Hall, like that's insane. Yeah, I I still think that there could be some sort of three team deal that involves both Hoffman and Hall. Yeah. I just because I, I I don't see the Blues just moving Hoffman to get him out. Yeah, I think that they want something back. I wouldn't be surprised they want an NHL player roster back. ready. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I don't see them moving him for a prospect. I don't see them moving him for a draft pick. Especially where the Blues sit right now, I, I you know, which is why I could see the Blues in on Hall. Obviously, the the Hoffman thing hasn't worked. You bring Hall in. You had the deal in place with him a few years ago, so there's there's got to be interest in Hall to play for St. Louis. You got to think he would want to go to somewhere where there's a Cup contender. Yeah. Um, He's got the no trade no matter what. So, I mean, he can veto. I mean, he wants out of Buffalo. I mean, that's blatantly obvious. Right. I mean, obviously this year is like, where would he go? I think he's down for whoever at this point, but I'm sure he can put a kibosh if he really doesn't like the situation. But you've got to think it's going to be – it's going to be one of these four teams. That's, these are the ones that I've seen consistently pop up between all the you know NHL insiders and NHL reporters. Mm-hmm. It's either Boston, Edmonton, Islanders, or us. Yeah. That's the four teams that and have been again, consistently you just, the, you just said the Oilers are out. Yeah, and the Islanders are – the uh, Oilers are dollar for dollar, and they don't want to trade draft picks. Yeah. So they want to try tra- players at this point, and I don't know what – Who would you send? I don't know. Like Pulley Arby maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I know they just wave Kyle Turris, and a lot of guys are going to be hitting waivers the next couple of days too. So it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy on a guy like uh, Shane Gossbeer, uh, go, you know, basically went through waivers last week and nobody took him. Right. And that's a guy that, mind you, making a little bit of a coin, but not crazy. A, I mean, that's a guy that you would think any team would think, but just the way COVID has hit teams, mm-hmm. uh, there's teams like Detroit and um, Ottawa and teams that are just like, even like Anaheim, I would think like guys that would take a, like a flyer on that guy in years past. Yeah. Nobody took flyers on a lot of guys. Nick Holden was a guy who was waived on uh, Vegas, and he's yeah. a bottom pairing, you know. You know, bottom pairing guy, and I was like, man, I, I wouldn't be scared. I'm even worried if the Blues picked him up, and he's well, maybe making a million and a half. That's not bad. No, not at all. And nobody picked him up, so that tells you like how it's a strange how, year. How finances have really impacted decisions, also um, the expansion draft. That's the thing that a lot of teams yeah. are bringing up with this trade deadline. Some want to stand pat because they don't want to move too many guys. These young players who were uh, expansion draft uh, exempt. And then you got to unprotect, you know, some other guy now. So yep. then you're stuck like losing a guy that you plan on having when you made a deal and you didn't win the cup. Right. So right, it's so it's very complicated too on that front. So we'll see what happens. So we'll, we'll start to wrap it up there. So if you can hold us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris, I'm at, at Hossapalooza. Also find us on. Uh, Instagram and Facebook is at Blues Hockey Podcast. And also our website is blueshockeypodcast.net. Mm-hmm. Also check out the hockeypodcastnetwork.com, which is where you'll find us and a ton of other team-centric uh, podcasts. And there's some other like you know minor league podcasts on there, some Euro- European league podcasts on there. So a ton of stuff. Your hockey fan is go there, find a lot of great stuff. Uh, from there so before we wrap it up here we're gonna we'll go ahead and do our big i guess tease i guess mm-hmm. so we'll uh this is gonna be out accuracy on monday during yes. before the tread deadline so monday in the a- evening we have uh one of our, our first i say non-blues yeah oh, for sure non-blues player interviews so we're looking forward to that so i guess the only tease that we're gonna say who it is exactly or we're just gonna let it uh, go I, your I show i know i guess we'll say what it is because it's on that way so we're going to be interviewing from uh, we're all a little we're all a little crazy podcast. So it's Eric and also former NHLer Theo Fleury. Yep, will be on the show. So I'm very excited and also excitedly nervous for this as well. Oh yeah, so, I mean, dude, as a kid, Theo Fleury was the man. Yeah, so Theo Fleury, uh, so obviously uh, most well known for with the Calgary Flames, Flames but kind yep. of uh, at the end, kind of jumped around a little bit from the actually played the Blackhawks, which I did not know that we all. God, I didn't remember that either. He finished up with the Blackhawks, which I did not know. I didn't realize. I thought he finished with the Avalanche. I remember that. I remember that. So, finished up with the Blackhawks. Seems so. to be the freight. Seems to be the destination for former uh, Calgary Flames. Yeah. So, we'll uh, we're going to talk to him about the year podcast, which is we're all a little crazy, which is kind of deals with 
Uh, a little bit of everything, but I think a lot of uh, talking about the mental health awareness that is, yep. uh, you know, obviously very needs to be have a spotlight on it nowadays. Absolutely. In uh, not only in sports, which I think Theo Fleur is one of the first people to kind of come out and talk about it and talk yep. about the uh, he had a, you know, some obvious substance abuse uh, issue, which kind of ended his career a little early. But he has come back and uh, now a motivational speaker. And I got some uh, and some other kind of stuff after doing doing our research ahead of time, which we're going to talk to him about. So we're going to have that in a podcast format, but also the way we're conducting the interview is via um, video. So yeah. kind of like a Zoom type thing. So that's going to be up on the socials later on this week and also via podcast as well. So look forward to talking to both of them and talk about their new podcast and talking about a lot of different things. So looking forward to that. So we'll leave you with that, and uh, we'll see what the Blues do to the deadline. Watch, watch night two of WrestleMania. It's going to be for an interesting 24 hours. Yes, definitely for sure. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.